Praise the Lord. Thank you so much for joining us today in person as well as online. Let us continue our worship in the Word of God. Turn, me, turn with me to John chapter 14. We're going to be reading verses from 5 to 7. 5 through 7. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really knew me, you would know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Amen. Praise the Lord. Why don't you turn to the person next to you and say, bless the Lord. As we focus on the person of Jesus, rather than the power of Jesus, rather than the uh, provision of Jesus, we want to focus on the person of Jesus. We have been studying seven sayings of I am of Jesus in the book of John. And in order for us to know who Jesus is, more than what people say about Jesus, more than what we think about Jesus, I think we must look into who Jesus say he is. Therefore, seven sayings of I am teaches us the identity of Jesus Christ. It helps us to understand clearly who Jesus is. And as we learn more of Jesus, we will love and follow him so that we can do more effective gospel witnessing. Amen. Amen. So far, we have looked into I am the light of the world as Jesus shines the truth. And Jesus said, I am the gate. Jesus leads us to the kingdom of God. And also we looked into, I am the good shepherds. And he guides us into his presence. And if you like to go to those teachings, you can always go to YouTube channel and you can, um, you can have the access to that. Uh, the air conditioning, can you check? Thank you. Today, here comes the most famous one. I'm the way and the truth and the life. And I'm sure a lot of us, we probably heard this phrase many, many, many times. And today, we will learn more of Jesus Christ, and we will look, uh, we will know more about ourselves as well. But let me give you uh, or provide you with the context of this passage. What was going on? Well, the time has come for Jesus to go to the cross. And in this passage, Jesus is telling his disciples that he is going back to the Father and he will prepare a place for all the believers, including the disciples, of course. And I think a lot of disciples were kind of confused. Where are you going? And in the midst of all this, the Thomas asked a questions out of confusion. I think he was very honest to express his despair. He had already declared his willingness to follow Jesus and to even to die with him if necessary. If you actually look at John chapter 11, verse 16, when Jesus was about to go to, go to a place called Bethany, all the disciples were kind of concerned because some people were trying to kill Jesus. But listen to what Thomas said. He said, Thomas said to the rest of the disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. So clearly, we see kind of uh, there's a, there is a commitment to follow Jesus in Thomas. 
Yet, I believe, he did not really clearly understand what Jesus was saying. So, he seemed to want to know precisely where the Father's house is located and where Jesus is going to prepare a place for them. And I think this was a question for all the disciples there, I'm sure, and not just Thomas. And probably they, they could not dare to ask. But I think a lot of us, even today's world, we ask this question, where is Jesus? Where is God's house? We know where is God? Is God real? How can we experience God? These are the questions that we ask. And I think the disciples' the lack of understanding provided an opportunity for Jesus to clarify some of the great teachings and revelations. But I will pause here to ask you this. I think we need to ask Jesus if you are confused. And I know we have a lot of questions about a lot of things, especially as we are living in a very chaotic times. So many, even Christians, they are, we are confused. We don't know how to discern. We don't know where to go. We don't know if God really is for us. And we have all kinds of different life questions. And when we do have those kind of questions, what do we do? We dare not ask God. But if you look at James chapter 1, verse 5, it teaches us to ask God. It says, if any one of you lacks wisdom... He should ask God, who gives us generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. So I think it is very important, just like Thomas, we need to be honest with God. If you're confused, ask questions. I think Jesus, God, in your relationship with him, will welcome questions. And I don't think there is no... Uh, there is a foolish question. I don't think so. Jesus will answer you. What are the essential questions that we ask or people ask in this world? Why are we here? What is the meaning of life? We still struggle with that question. What is the point? Who are you, Jesus? We ask that. Or what is my future? What's going to happen to me? What's going to happen to these nations? We have this nation and, and the world. Well, I tell you, my brothers and sisters, Jesus welcomes those life questions. And he wants us to ask if we do not understand. Don't try to find answers for your life somewhere else. I think a lot of us, we do make mistakes by looking for answers from somewhere else other than Christ himself. We look into what the politicians are saying. We're looking into the governments. We look into some kind of academics, academias. And I'll tell you, those things will never provide the answer. We need to go to the author of life, Jesus Christ. And when we go to Jesus, we will surely find answers. And as we receive the answers from the Word of God, from God Himself, I think we are to share and provide answers to other people around us, don't you think? They do have many questions, confused and scared of many things about life, especially right now in this time. And the Bible says we are to give the reason to, for our faith with gentleness and respect. This is an opportunity for us to thrive in gospel witnessing, meaning to share the love of Jesus Christ to people who have many, many questions. Maybe they're angry. Maybe they're frustrated. Maybe they are confused. 
And we are, to, we are to be ready as we receive the questions from God through our relationship with Him. We are to also provide that answers to the people around us. Amen. So, in a way, knowing Jesus, receiving from Jesus directly relates to our gospel witnessing. How we know Him will be able to share Jesus. How we receive the answer from Jesus, we will be able to give an answer to people or at least answer for our faith, why we believe, why we have hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. And surely Jesus will answer our questions. Jesus answered Thomas with a powerful statement today. He said, I'm the way. Thomas asked, where are you going? Show us the way to the Father. What do you mean you're going away? What do you mean you're going, a pla- going to a place? What's the way? Let us go with you. Or what is, where are you going? And he said, I am the way. I am the truth and the life. What a powerful statement it is. Notice that Jesus' statement is first personal. It's a very personal answer, isn't it? He did not claim merely know the way, though true truth and the life, as a formula or as an equation or as some kind of direction. But he said what? He actually claimed to be the answer. What show us the way? What is the way, Jesus? Here, here is the faith formula that you should equation that you should plug and chuck and get the answer. No, Jesus said, you want the way? I am the way. He answers very personally. He is the way. The answer is the person. Answer is not some kind of equation. It's not the solution of mathematics. No, mathematical equation. It's person. Jesus says, I am the way. He presents himself as an answer. What a powerful way to answer, isn't it? See, Jesus Ah, Jesus' solution to perplexity is not a recipe, but it's actually a relationship with him. He doesn't give you the recipe. He gives you the relationship. If you know me, you know the Father. I am the way. If you know me personally, you know the answer. You know the way and the truth and the life. The answer is very personal. My brothers and sisters, if we know Jesus personally, not informationally, not just in your head knowledge. If you know him experientially, if you know him personally, that he is your God, you know the way, Jesus says. If you know me, you know the way because I am the way. Are you looking for the recipe? I tell you, my brothers and sisters, in this world, when they are looking for meaning of life, when they're seeking God and searching for God, they're looking for some kind of ways, some kind of formula, recipe, things to do. But Jesus never answers that way. He says, no, if you want to know the way to the Father, if you know who I am, have a relationship with me. Receive me as your Father, as your Savior, as your Lord. Nothing else. Then you will know the truth, he says. Remember? If son has set you free, then you, will, you are free. And if you are free, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free if you obey my teachings. So, you know, it's very powerful, isn't it? It's a very personal answer, yet very powerful. Through the relationship with Jesus, you will know the Father. You will know who God is. I will get into that. But 
I think when you look at this statement as it is, it is very personal. Secondly, it's very authoritative, meaning very authoritative and exclusive. He responded with authoritative assertion as the master of life. He's not a way or a truth, a one of life. He said, I am the way. Absolute truth. I am the truth. I am the life. And he said, no one comes to the Father except through me. Who in the history claims such a powerful and bold statement except Jesus? Jesus was able to claim that because he was God himself. He was the Son of God. And we'll get into that. If you know Jesus, you know God. As a matter of fact, Jesus is a representation of God. The image of God, that's who he is. Some of you might say, well, except through Jesus, there is no other way? Yeah. What about those people who lived before Jesus? I think that's a good question. What about the Old Testament? They do not know who Jesus was. New Testament, at least we know, right? Except through Jesus, no one will come. Well, what does it mean? In the Old Testament... People were looking for the Messiah, waiting for the Messiah. They did not necessarily know who Jesus was, but they knew of him. They were putting their faith in God, saying, someday God shall bring or send a Messiah. And when he comes, we don't, he will show us the way. They had a faith in Jesus, Messiah that he will come. For us, we have faith in Jesus who already came. That's the difference. So in the history, yes, no one comes to the Father except through Jesus Christ. Let's get this straight. And that is very exclusive statement, yes, but it's very authoritative statement. It's with an authority, Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. Amen. So Jesus said that he is the way to the Father. Despite the co coordination of the three terms, I think the emphasis here is clearly falls on this term, the way. He's the way. That is the point. And we'll talk about why he's the way and the truth and the life. You look at verse 4. Jesus said, I'm going to a place for the believers. And he said, you know the way. How do we know the way? Thomas asked Show us the way to go that place. And Jesus said, I am the way. So if you look at just, if you summarize the entire passage, the emphasis is not just truth and the life. Emphasis is what? The way. So focus here is the term the way. Get that straight. The point of the passage is that Jesus is the way to the Father. He is the way to the truth. He is the way to the life. That is the point. So, Jesus is the way. Why don't we turn to the person next to you and say, Jesus is the way. Now, understanding that Jesus is the only way to the Father, only way to truth, only way to life, guess what? Thomas later went to India, cultured with the pantheistic religious system, where there are 300 million deities. Interesting, Thomas was sent to India and preached the gospel 
that Jesus is the only way to the Father. Now, what about the second term, third term, the truth and the life? How does this relate to the way? Yes, Jesus is the way to, the, to truth, to life. We know that. Again, but the Jesus is making clearly here, He is the way. How does truth and the life relate to Jesus being the way? Well, Jesus is the way because He is the truth. If He is not the truth, He cannot be the way. He is the truth because He reveals God to us. He is the ultimate revelation of God. That is why He is the truth. Not just because He's not lying that He's the truth. No, He is the one who reveals God to us. Therefore, He is the truth. Why? The God is the source of the truth. So when, when Jesus said, I am the truth, he's not just saying, I'm not, I'm not a liar. No, he's saying, I'm the very source of the truth because I am revealing God to you. As a matter of fact, he's saying, I am God. So he's the way. Why? He's the only way. Why? Because he's the truth. Because he reveals God to us. Well, how does God reveal himself to the world throughout the history? Do you guys know? How do we know that God is real and God actually, we have to believe in the Lord? How do you know? Well, there are different revelations, but first, we can know who God is through general revelation. What's a general revelation? General, general revelations, revelation refers to general truth that can be known about God through nature. Okay? If you look at Psalm verse, uh, chapter 19, verses 1 through 4, it says, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of His hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech, He says. Night after night, they display knowledge. There is no speech, no language where their voice is not heard. Their voice goes out into the whole earth, all the earth. Their words to the ends of the world that they declare the glory of God. According to this passage, God's existence and power can be clearly seen in, uh, through the observing the universe. I mean, look to the world. Every time I go around places, especially experiencing nature, man, you might be wondering how in the world, I mean, this is a beautiful world that we are living in. Look into the sky and the nice night skies and see the stars, the order, intricacy, the wonder of creation speaks to the very existence of powerful and glorious creator. Even the scientists, a lot of scientists believe that there is a designer behind all this nature. They have to admit to that. Look at Romans chapter 1, verse 20. It says, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that men are without excuse. See, Psalm 19, Romans 1, 20 teaches that, teach us that the God's eternal power and divine natures are clearly seen and can be understood from what has been made 
and there's no excuse for denying these facts. With these scriptures in mind, we know that we have the general revelation that we can know God by observing the world around us. Okay? There is another revelation that God reveals himself to, the, to, to people. Not only general revelation, there's a special revelation. What's a special revelation is how God has chosen to reveal himself through supernatural means, such as miracles or scriptures. By the way, scripture is the product of miracle of God, right? God speaks through the people as he inspires his servants to write his word. Amazing. We'll get into that later, but... One of the most significant special revelation, I think, is Scripture. We have a written word for us. Praise the Lord and thank God for the Bible that we can clearly know who God is as He reveals Himself through the Scripture. So, so many of us, we want to know who God is. Well, read the Scripture. Then you will know who God is. We know God through His Word. And the Word is a special revelation of God. But if you look at John chapter 1, verse 2 says, interestingly, the Word became flesh, and the Word became a person. The Word of Revelation becomes a person. Amazing truth, isn't it? Incarnation of the Word. Reincarnation of God. He says, God, the Word was with God, the Word was God, and the Word became flesh that is Jesus. So Jesus is the ultimate revelation of God. You see? Jesus is the ultimate revelation of God. We have the general revelations, yes. We have the special revelations, including the Scripture. And we have the ultimate revelation of God in the person of Jesus Christ. So if you want to know God, Look at Jesus. If you know him and experience him, you are experiencing God. That's why if you look at verse 7, if you really knew me, you would know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Later on, Thomas asked, Philip, Philip asked actually, said, show us the Father. And they said, don't you not know me? Have you not experienced me for the last three years? If you know me and experience me, guess what? You know my Father. Isn't it interesting? God is the way because He reveals truth about God, who God is. As a matter of fact, He is God. That is why Jesus is the way because He is the truth. Amen. So He brings, he brings God to us. He brings, connects God to us as the ultimate revelation of God. That's why Paul said he's the representation of God. He is God. He brings God to us because he is God. No wonder his name is Emmanuel, God with us. Let me go on. Jesus is the way also because he is the life. He is the life. He is the life because the life of God resides in him. And he gives that life of God to us. 
Again, he's God, therefore he's the truth. He's the way to the truth. He is. He is also life because he's God's life residing in him, meaning he is God. Actually, he proved this point through Lazarus' resurrection and later on his own resurrection. He was not subject to death, but made it subject to himself. He's the power of life. As a matter of fact, according to Ephesians chapter 1, according to Paul, the very power of life that God is sharing with us through Jesus Christ, the power of life that raised Jesus from the dead, was exerting from the very beginning in the creation of universe in Genesis. That same creating creation power, creating power is the resurrection power in the new creation of the believers. So he's saying, I am the life, the source of life. Therefore, I am the way. See, Jesus is our life because he gave the eternal life to us. You look at John chapter 3, verse 16. Whoever believes in me shall not perish but have eternal life. Jesus is the way because he brought us to God in order for us to receive his life. And whoever believes in Jesus Christ, guess what? We receive his life, God's life. The power of God is upon us. Paul knew, knew this, and Paul's clearly say, I pray that your heart will be enlightened, your, your mind will be enlightened, that you will know that you have the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the very power that created this whole world in, from the very beginning, the very power that raised Jesus from the dead. That power is available for all those who believe in Jesus Christ. And Paul said, how come you do not experience that every day? Out of frustration, he writes Ephesians chapter 1. With that lens, read that Ephesians. You will change your life. As the truth, he is the only, I mean, he represents us to God so that we can receive his life. He is the way for us to go to God to receive the eternal life of God. As the truth, he is the only authorized special revelation of God in human form, incarnation. In, as the life, he is the only authorized representative of humanity to God that he connects the divinity and humanity together. Interesting, he is the perfect union of divinity and humanity, isn't it? He's a perfect mediator. He brings God and people together. He's the only one who can do that. Thus, if we know Jesus, we know the Father. We have the life, therefore. Because he's the source of life. If we have seen Jesus, you have seen the Father. He's the representation of God to us and also representative of us to God. Perfect mediator. Because of Jesus, we can be in the family of God. We can be with God. Because of Jesus, we have access to the throne of God. That is the point. If you really knew me, you would know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and you have seen him. If you ever experienced Jesus, you have experienced God. If you ever see Jesus, if you saw Jesus, you have seen God. 
Now, I think at this juncture, we must think deeply about knowing Jesus. Do you know Jesus? Do you know Him? Do you know Him informationally or, or revelationally? Do you know Him in your spirit that He is real? See, to know implies experiential knowledge rather than the intuitive knowledge. It's not just knowing in here. It's knowing it within. It's hard to explain unless you experience. Amen. Do you know Jesus? Because he's the way and he gives us life. Do you know him? He's the way to the truth and the life. He is the only one who can bring us to God, and He's the only one who can represent us to God as God's children. My prayer is that we will believe what Jesus claims Himself to be. And I, my prayer is that we will therefore commit to our life to Him and follow Him all the way. If we know that He is the way and the truth and the life, don't you think we should follow Him all the way, no matter what happens in our lives? See, in the relationship with God, you will know Jesus more and more. You will discover more and more that Jesus is the way to the truth, to the life, to God. And we can have meaningful, powerful, life that we all want and desire. Do you know Jesus? Now, second question that I would like to ask is this. As we know that Jesus, as we believe that Jesus is the way and the truth and the life, as we commit ourselves to and follow Him all the way, no matter what, how much more we we must preach the person of Jesus to the people around us? If we claim, ourselves, claim to know Jesus, that He is the way and the truth and the life, how much more we also need to proclaim the gospel, the person of Jesus to the world. That's exactly what this summer was all about. We say we are going to do gospel witnessing, and I would like for you to continue to do so. I know the summer is over, right? But let us continue to do effective gospel witnessing, showing the person of Jesus. He is the way, He is the truth, He is the life. And through that, we shall clearly see the truth. We shall clearly receive life from Him. Amen. And it is my prayer, all of us, that we will continue to seek God to know God, the person of Jesus Christ. And as we do so, God can immensely use our lives to bless this world in such a time as this when everyone needs the meaning and power of God. Amen. Let's pray. As we know Jesus, 
as our Lord and Savior because He is the way and the truth and the life. I would like to challenge all of us. Do we know Jesus? Maybe some of us. We knew Him. But these days, I'm just too busy knowing Him more. Maybe some of us struggling in your faith. Or some of us, we don't even know who Jesus is. Wherever you are in your spiritual journey, it is my prayer that you will commit yourself to Christ today once again. Believing that Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. And I, my brothers and sisters, faith is not just one time act. Believing is not just one time act. It's a continuous action. We believe today as we believed yesterday. And we believe more tomorrow. You see, we believe more today than yesterday. We know God and believe in Him more tomorrow than today. See, faith is something that grows in you continuously as you, act, as you continue to activate your faith in your life. It's time for us to activate our faith again. As you come before God's presence, would you give your life to Christ? Would you commit yourself once again to Christ? And He will surely meet us where we are. He will surely increase our faith in Him because He is the way and the truth and the life. Let's pray.